This episode contains material that might be triggering for some. If you need to stop the podcast at any time to take care of yourself, please do so. If you need support, you can call the 24-7 National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Dialectical Behavior Therapy was created in the 1980s by Marsha Linehan in Seattle, Washington. Today, DBT is taught all over the world. We're two therapists who believe everyone can benefit from DBT skills. I'm Kate. I'm Michelle. And And this this is is DBT and Me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another socially distanced podcast (laughs) (laughs) with Michelle and Kate. Say hi, Michelle. Hi, Kate. I know, you get to start this time. (laughs) I know, it's so exciting. So, if anyone's wondering why I get to start, it's because we are, yet again, testing out new equipment, uh, since it looks like... We're going to be podcasting from my spare bedroom and Michelle's closet for a while longer. (laughs) Maybe a long while longer. (laughs) We decided it was time for me to invest in my own speaker instead of just having to have the recording device really close to Michelle's laptop, which, if we haven't explained before, is what we've been doing. Yes. Uh, And we appreciate y'all sticking with us because that hasn't always had the best results and we know yes um i have my own microphone and my own recording software which is incredibly to me um what's the right word intimidating to to look at but i think that's just because it can do a lot of stuff that i'm never going to use it for so hopefully i can just ignore 99 percent of the buttons uh and go from there so uh we are here today to talk to you about Pros and cons, DBT style. Um, Michelle and I were talking a little bit before this, and we're thinking, why on God's green earth is this a distress tolerance skill? Yes, it really Um, doesn't make sense in this module, but this is where DBT puts it. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. We can't figure it out. We don't know why this is a distress tolerance one. I think DBT doesn't know why it's a distress tolerance one. It just doesn't fit in any of the modules, and they just stuck it somewhere. Um, so here it is, and we're, you know, doing it like they want us to, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we don't know why DBT has decided to put this in distress tolerance exactly, because the way that DBT talks about, like, when you would use the skill of pros and cons is when you are dealing with, in their terms, a quote-unquote crisis urge. So a crisis urge can be something major, right? Like it could be something where, I mean, let's say you're having thoughts of suicide or hurting yourself or turning to, you know, a drug of some sort that you've struggled with addiction with in the past. I mean, this skill can be used for some really big things. And it can also be used for, I would say, much lesser, more common day-to-day choices that we're faced with that Kate and I are going to talk about some personal examples with. Because the key word to focus in on here is the word urge. We have urges every day. We have urges (laughs) to, you know, procrastinate. We have urges to eat food that's not good for us. We have urges to binge watch Netflix. We have urges to maybe, um, you know, text or call someone who's maybe not the healthiest for us. We have urges all day. And really this skill is meant to be used when you are facing some kind of urge, crisis urge or not so (laughs) crisis-y, that really may not be best in the long run and this is a skill that's meant to be used to help you weigh out okay do I want to act and do this thing or do I not want to act and do this thing what I really like about how DBT explains it 
which may make more sense in a minute when Kate talks about like what this skill actually looks like. Um, because what I like about this skill is that DBT takes, I feel like, a pretty balanced approach. And even mm -hmm. if you do choose to do the thing, at least for Kate and I, our goal here is not to shame you into, you know, don't do the thing. Oh, gracious <laughs> no. Um, if you do choose to do the thing, okay, you've at least paused and thought through it and made a decision that felt best for you in that moment. This isn't necessarily a skill that is intended to show you how clearly your urge is wrong and there's this better path that you ought to pick. That's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is really just to get you thinking. Why do I want to do this thing? What pros could come if I do this thing? What cons could come if I do this thing? And if I don't do the thing, what good or bad things could come from not doing it? It's really to get you to think about all sides, basically. That's really the purpose of this pros and cons skill. Yeah, it definitely doesn't presuppose that there's one specific answer that you're going to come to every time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which I appreciate a lot. Mm -hmm. All right. So I get to do what I personally think is the hard part this episode, <laughs> which is, oh, I mean, not really. I guess if you have an internet, which you probably do, if you're listening to us, what I could just say is Google DBT pros and cons worksheet because it will give you a nice graphic of what I'm about to explain. Yeah. And we'll post you're it. Listening, and oh yeah, see <laughs> Michelle's on top of everything. But for the moment, let me do my best to try and explain uh, what the really the grid I guess that DBT sets up for doing pros and cons. So basically, it's uh, it's four boxes in a square, um, and on the top uh, you have either you do the thing that you're having the urge to do. Or you don't do the urge, uh, don't follow through on the urge that you're having, right? So that's column A and column B of those boxes. Then off on the left-hand side, you're going to have pros and cons. So uh, that would make the top row the pros of doing the thing, the pros of not doing the thing, and then on the bottom half, you have the pros, oh sorry, the cons of, let's see, this is what happens when I'm trying to describe a visual thing, uh, the cons of doing the thing and then the cons of not doing the thing, which like Michelle was talking about just a couple minutes ago, I think really does a great job of illustrating that um, DBT wants you to look at all of the things, right? It gives you an opportunity to look at, well, I'm having this urge, what are the negative consequences of not following through on it, right? Like, what am I going to have to face if I don't do this thing? Crisis-y or not crisis-y, to point the new word that Michelle was using. <laughs> I like it, crisis-y. Um, also, you will notice that, I don't know, if you're being really thorough and writing everything in when you're doing this, a lot of times you'll find some of the same things in different boxes, right? There's going to be an amount of repetition. Something people notice I think almost every time when we're doing this on a big whiteboard in the middle of group is that they're like, well, that's the same as the thing in the other box. Like, yeah, that happens, right? Because sometimes you're going to have the, hold on, I'm so bad. Okay, in case anybody wondered, just a brief aside to everyone listening, I can't picture things. Uh, literally, I don't have a mind's eye. I, there are no pictures in my brain. I cannot with the pictures in my head. So it's pretty funny. I love leading people through guided visualizations, and I'm literally incapable of doing them myself <laughs> as a participant. Uh, so as, I, as I'm sitting here trying to describe this grid, I anyway, it's hard. Well, I'm trying to think of it, too. I, th I think what where sometimes we can get some crossover, I think, if I'm trying to visualize it correctly myself, is the pros of doing it and the cons of not doing it sometimes have some crossover. They can overlap a little bit, I think. I think those are the two. I think we get like diagonal crossovers both ways. Yep. It's like the cons of practicing the skill line up with the pros of not practicing it. Yep. And vice versa. I think okay. that's right. So yeah, we get we get diagonal crossover, I think. Oh man. Michelle and I know our shit, guys. <laughs> we've never taught this without a whiteboard to help us. It's harder. I know. We've never done it without actually having a physical prop. Uh, anyway, now I'm done whining. For the moment, I'm not promising to not whine again before the end, but I'm done for now. Uh, so, do you, is there any... I mean, you can also kind of... Um, if you look at some of the worksheets, and again, we'll post some of them, 
Uh, some of the more formal ones, like, have a space for you to put what the, you know, current problem situation is or what the urge is. Um, a lot of them make it specifically more about practicing the skills or not practicing your skills. Um, but as Michelle was saying earlier, I think this, uh, the whole skill has more wide applicability than just whether you want to use your DBT skills in that moment or not. It, it's just a really good way of looking at any, I don't know, decision uh, that you're unsure of or urge that you're, you know, maybe questioning. Yeah. So uh, DBT gets really specific, and I think it's more broadly useful than that. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. When you're facing, um, yeah, just this decision of like, do I do this thing or do I not do this thing? Yeah. It could be used really with anything. So hopefully we're going to get into some examples here and that may help clear some things up. And we're going to really talk about some personal examples, some things that we have struggled with ourselves and kind of walk through our own pros and cons process. And the thing that also is important to note about pros and cons is that this is going to be really unique to each person. So even if you're looking at the same action urge, right, if we want to use DBT's phrasing, if you're looking at the same thing, different people may have different pros or cons <laughs> for that thing. So just really think about this for yourself with certain situations in your own life. Um, but I really hope that us sharing personally helps as well. So um, the example that I'm going to pick is choosing healthy eating choices. So I have had times in my life, I mean, when I grew up, my mom was always really good about giving us healthy foods. I mean, I ate vegetables like three times a day and <laughs> things like this. So I grew up eating very healthy. And I think sometimes what can come of that when you then venture out into the world, especially when you go away to college and you have a dining hall in front of you, yeah, is like, well, I'm going to eat all the things that I never ate when I was younger. I remember like in school, I like all my friends would get gushers in their lunches and I never got gushers in my lunch and I still to this day every time I eat gushers I feel like I'm rebelling <laughs> even though I'm in my 30s now it doesn't matter um yeah like so when I got older and when I got into adulthood I really caught myself at times wanting to make food choices that again I mean I wouldn't say were terribly unhealthy but having times where I was not eating as healthy as I grew up doing for sure and I remember like when I was in a previous relationship and like I would get off work and I would go over to his house and stuff like that and um just with where he was living at the time like didn't really have much food in the house, that kind of thing. I mean, there were times in my life where I was eating fast food easily three times a week. Easily. Easily. Um, and there's something that's so tempting about just, like, the ease of that and just being able to, like, reach for chips all the time. Chips are kind of my go-to food. And, you know, I really did make an effort probably I would say about six months ago now to really take a look at my eating habits and try to see how I could be eating a little healthier than I have been and making that choice to eat healthy is hard. <laughs> so basically, if we're going to take all of that background information that I just gave you guys, and if we're going to condense it down into, okay, how does this apply to pros and cons? My urge is to eat, again, the unhealthy food, to eat the fast food, to eat the chips, to eat something that's not going to be the healthiest choice I could make. That's the urge that I'm going to focus on here with my example. So first I'm going to look at what are the pros of acting on that urge? What do I get if I do choose to eat the unhealthy choice? What comes of that for me? Um, well, one pro is that it tastes good. <laughs> I 
enjoy, I, I, I really like fast food. It tastes good. Um, I love chips, like I said. Um, I enjoy eating it. Um, another pro is that it is really convenient. It's right there. I don't have to take time to actually think about preparing anything. It's just super convenient and available. Um, so those are, I would say, two big pros for me. Let's see if I think of anything else. But I think those two really encompass it. Like, it tastes good and it's easy. <laughs> those are the biggest things. Also, I mean, Rebellion feels a little nice, right? So if there's still any bit of that, ah, I get to do what I want. Yeah, I would say there there can be still a little bit of that at times. Um, and, oh, here's another thing of, like, sometimes it's, like, something for me to look forward to. Like, if I'm oh, having, like, a treat. yeah, it's a reward. Exactly. Like, if I'm having a long day, if I'm, like, you know what? I've had a long day, so rather than cooking dinner when I get home, I'm just going to swing by Wendy's, which is my favorite fast food place. I love Wendy's. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to do that. That gives me something to look forward to. So, that would, yeah, that would be another pro. It's a reward is how it feels sometimes. Um, so let's now look at the cons, the cons of if I do make an unhealthy food choice, then what happens? I mean, it can lead to my like indigestion problems, I guess, like just feeling bloated, not not the best down the line. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... I feel like gastrointestinal distress. There you go, Kate. That's the, that's the better way to put it. I was like, what's the term that I want to use here? But yeah, just not feeling great later, feeling somewhat fatigued. That can come from it. Um, I also, excuse me, like another con of doing it, I think especially with the fast food part of this equation for myself, is that that means spending money. <laughs> so like, that's not great. If I have perfectly good food at home, and that I've already bought, and then I'm going out and spending, you know, 10 to $15 on fast food, that's not a great thing that comes from doing that. Um, and I do feel feelings of guilt or, I don't know, again, just kind of like not feeling mm -hmm. great regret. about myself. Yeah, regret. There you go. Yep. I'm just like, eh, that was not the best choice that I could have made there. Okay. Um, so if we switch boxes here to pros of resisting the urge. So what are the good things that come when I don't give in to making unhealthy choices? Um, I mean, honestly, like a pro that does come of that is that when I'm making better food choices, I do feel like I have more energy. I made an intentional effort to try to eat salads at least twice a week and I actually do notice I feel very different on those days like when I'm actually getting the vegetables that I need <laughs> I feel different on those days than on the days where I haven't eaten a single vegetable that like I do feel more energized um and I feel I would say like proud of myself for mm -hmm. making a healthier choice um and yeah, I'm trying to think if there are other pros of <laughs> resisting the unhealthy eating. Your body is getting the nutrients it needs. It is. That's true. Like, yeah, I do. I just... You not just feel better, it is better. It, it, oh, yeah. There, I was going to say, I was like, that falls under feel better. But you're right. I mean, that is kind of a different thing. Like, I'm literally taking care of my health in a mm -hmm. way that, like, you know, referencing back to that time where I was eating fast food at least three times a week. It probably was not doing good things internally for my body. And that's more important than how your body looks or changes or anything like that is just like I I worried that it could have some longer term results for me of eating in this unhealthy way. Because yeah, plenty of people can eat like shit and not have weight gain and plenty of people can have uh, you know, more weight yep. and not and be eating perfectly healthily. Yeah. Right. So to try and divorce it a little bit from the weight issue, but just from how it's nourishing you or not yeah exactly and that's a good point kate of like not just that it feels better to eat better but it, it like it is better for you physically as a mm -hmm. pro of like resisting the unhealthy urge there and in terms of cons of resisting the urge 
who cons of when I choose to not give in and eat in an unhealthy way. I mean, the cravings sometimes stick around. Like, I still want don't get the, the thing. Tasty thing. Yes, yeah. I don't get the tasty thing. I still want it. Um, and that can be hard to fight against. Like, yeah, I, I still want the thing. <laughs> that doesn't go away instantly. Um, and, oh, I feel like I had another one for this box, and then I forgot it. Um, you don't get the tasty thing. You don't. Is it, like, comforting for you a little bit? Like, I know that Wendy's. <laughs> Wendy's <laughs> like, is, Wendy's makes me like so happy. a comfort happy. thing, right? So maybe yeah. you don't get the same emotional comfort from good food? I would say I that's know. definitely true. Like, that it's just, it's not as fun. considered health. <laughs> Uh, what is it? Comfort food that are also healthy foods. Yeah, like that's not normally a non-overlapping categories. <laughs> no, I think that's true. Like it's not as fun to eat my salads. Like eating my salads isn't fun. Eating Wendy's is fun for me, but eating my salads <laughs> that's not fun. Um, so yeah, it's it's sometimes it's not as enjoyable. Um, mm -hmm. uh, oh, another. This is the con I was thinking of. If I'm not going for the thing that's right there, immediately available, easy to get, then a con is that, like, I have to put more effort into um, making yeah. the food, thinking about what to eat, like, doing all that preparation work. I have to do that. Um, and the other thing, I hope this isn't confusing for you listeners, the other thing I just thought about as a pro for not eating unhealthy is that that does save me money. I forgot to mention that. But that saves me money if I'm not going out and doing the thing. <laughs> I hope this is making sense. Um, I know this is the worst episode. <laughs> not because of us. I don't think we're doing it badly, but Alice. This skill is not meant no. for podcasting. And yet we think it's no. so important. We want to tell you guys about it. Yeah, I love it. And yet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and so I think for me, like, I don't know, when I tease out all of this and when I take it as a whole thing, like, right, then what do I do? Do I make the decision to get the fast food, go for the chips, whatever it is? Or do I make the decision to prepare a home cooked meal, try to eat my vegetables? Like, what do I decide to do after I look at all of this? And I really think there are going to be times where I make both choices. I really yeah, do. I was going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, because I can see how there maybe is something valuable about, like, when I have had maybe a really bad day, oh, it does feel nice to give myself that little reward or that little treat. Like, that does feel good. And it also does not feel good to do this on a regular basis. Like, that yeah, seems pretty how clear. How often you do it has a big difference, right? Makes a big impact. Yeah. Um, yep, exactly. Because yeah, what it is. Totally. If I'm doing this all the time, then I risk some of the things that I talked about of just kind of like, yeah, the fatigue, feeling run down, like, you know, spending money I don't want to spend, like that if I do this on a regular basis, I'm going to be experiencing some of those things I really don't want. If I'm really mindful and intentional about doing it sometimes and really thinking before I do it, then I do get some of the benefits that I talked about um with avoiding some of the things that i that i don't want so so that's my example um nice. kate what do you have for yours well uh kind of following i don't know like your your earlier mention of you know this can be good for you know day-to-day -day less crisis <laughs> i'm never gonna get over how funny that is um skill you know things to also crisis stuff i figured i would use my personal history with self-harm uh and do an example of, of the more crisis-y urge um so uh you know well we said it at the beginning of this episode but i'll say it again i don't know trigger warning um because i'm talking about cutting um something that i've struggled with since i was 15 14 15 somewhere in there um, so yeah, uh, if this is hard for you, fast forward. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't know where to, cause I don't know how long I'm going to talk for. <laughs> just keep doing like that. I know an Apple podcast yeah, like anyways, like, seconds, yeah, exactly. Seconds, just, just keep going along until you hear my voice come you back. Michelle. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, 
uh, thinking about cutting. If I think about what are the pros from it, the the it falls into two big categories. The first one is just relief from my current emotional state, right? Generally, the urge to cut comes when I am feeling, you know, completely overwhelmed by some some quote unquote, you know, some difficult emotional state. Um, often I feel like it's an emotional state that won't end unless I do something about it, or I'm in a place where I'm feeling powerless um, or helpless. Uh, and so cutting can, you know, make me feel like I'm doing a thing. So I have some power. I have, you know, I'm able to help myself in some way. So the number one thing is relief, right? I get to not feel this way that I'm feeling in this moment. And obviously if I'm being driven, you know, if I'm having the urge to cut, it's a pretty, pretty overwhelming emotional state. And I have a really big motivation to not be feeling that anymore. So number one pro is relief from, from that current emotional state. Um, the other one is, I don't know, it kind of overlaps, but I think of like familiarity and reliability, you know, because this is, something that I've struggled with for, I can do math. Yeah, definitely more than half my life. Um, you know, since before I was an adult, there's a real sense of familiarity of ease, right? And I know it'll do what I want it to do, right? So we're talking about that, you know, the first bit being relief from my current state. One of the reasons that I, you know, that there might be in the pro category for self-harm is because I know it's going to do that, right? I have enough experience with taking this action that I know what it's going to do for me, right? So I don't, I don't have to face any uncertainty. I don't have to face any confusion or fear that it might not work. I, I know, I know it's going to work. And also, you know, we've talked about this in plenty of other episodes, Michelle and I, but, you know, when you're in an overwhelmed emotional state, you're not at your smartest, uh, and so having something that is familiar can be very, you know, very tempting because I don't have to think hard, right? I don't have to try and pull in a new skill or anything like that, right? So relief from the current emotional state and then that sense of both familiarity and reliability, um, I would say, are the, the pros for me of self-harm. Um, cons of following through and doing cutting. Uh, let's see, scars, right? I have plenty, um, but those, you know, always have to think about how, you know, people ask about them and what are you going to tell people and, you know, right. So scars have their own, you know, negativity to them. Um, I know, and I haven't done the, had this myself, but anytime you hurt yourself, there's a possibility for infection or other medical complications. Um, generally afterwards, there's a sense of shame, regrets, also embarrassment. You know, I, I am partnered and so it's not, you know, if I were to do this, there wouldn't really be a way for me to do it without my partner knowing about it. So I have to face what emotions come up, um, you know, with someone else finding out that I did this thing. Um, and, you know, having to move through the world trying to hide fresh wounds, right? So you have to think it changes how you dress and maybe how you move or where you go. You know, I, not that anyone can right now, but I couldn't go to the spa or maybe I couldn't go swimming without having to, you know, deal with people seeing uh, or noticing these cuts and what that brings up. So um, I'd say those are certainly not an exhaustive list, but the things that come up first for me when I think about the cons of cutting. Um, the pros of not cutting uh, pride. Like anytime I make it through that urge uh, and don't follow through on it, I feel proud of myself, right? I had so many years of that being my absolute go-to anytime I was in, you know, severe emotional distress, uh, that I'm really proud of myself whenever <clears throat> I have that urge and I don't follow through on it. So that's, that's a definite pro for me. Um, not having to hide. See, this is the that yeah, there's the crossover overlap that we're talking about, right? Um, so not having to hide parts of my body, right? Not having to adjust what I'm wearing or where I'm going or what activities I can engage in. Um, oh, I ought to have put that up there because not only do you, you know, have to hide it, so that impacts it. But you know, if I put them somewhere where it hurts to do X, Y, or Z thing too badly, you know, it can limit my activities for a period of time. Mm. So um, not having to deal with that. Um, also, an opportunity to build better skills, right? Um, one of the pros we were talking about of cutting was the familiarity of it, but the more I practice other skills instead, the more familiar they become and the easier it is for me to fall into doing those healthier things instead. So um, pro of not cutting is building those skills up, making them more familiar, 
um, and making it so I'm better able to rely on them in the future. Um, and then sort of last but certainly not least, uh, pro of not cutting is it means I'm listening to my feelings, right? They may be overwhelming, they may be intensely painful, but I'm not shutting them out, right? I'm taking a moment to turn towards them, to listen to them, to experience them, um, rather than short-circuiting the, the process of whatever emotion I'm going through. Because chances are, if I'm feeling that overwhelmed, there's something going on, right? And, I, and my, those feelings deserve nurturing attention rather than being literally cut off, right? Um, so I think that a pro, as uncomfortable as it may be, is that I am listening to, experiencing, and, you know, giving fair due to my emotions in the moment. Um, cons of, cons of not cutting. See, it is hard to keep track of, and I have it written literally in front of my face. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, listeners, for enduring this with us. If you're able to, maybe pop open a grid while you're listening to us talk. <laughs> uh, anyway, cons of not cutting. Um, having to endure that current emotional state. Um, as much as it's good for me, that doesn't mean it feels good. Um, and so however long it lasts, whatever it is, um, there's going to be an amount of time where I'm having to endure it where I wouldn't have been if I had self-harmed. Um, also, there's a possibility of acting out in other ways, right? Um, because, you know, I'm still gaining skills, but certainly at other points in my life more so even, um, I didn't have a lot to replace that behavior with when I was trying to not do it. So that might have involved doing things like punching things or throwing objects or screaming at someone, right? Other ways of acting out that would have been prevented by self-harming because I didn't have replacement skills um, to, to find other ways to soothe myself or other ways to express myself. Um, so that's a thing. Um, also, having to think of skills when flooded. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, not at your smartest <laughs> when you're in that emotional state. And it can be a real struggle. Like, you, you know, maybe I, you know, you can get to the place where you're like, all right, don't cut. And then you like go, all right, so what am I going to do? And your brain is just like, I don't know, man. All I can figure out is don't do that thing. That's as far as I've gotten. Uh, so that can be, that can be hard. That can be difficult. Um, and then kind of to go along with that. And as a, I guess, a juxtaposition to the familiarity and reliability of self-harm is anytime you're breaking in a new skill or trying on a new skill to see if it's going to be the thing that works for you, there's an amount of uncertainty, of fear. Um, is this going to work? I'm giving up a thing, you know, I'm turning away from a thing I, that I know, quote unquote, works to try this thing that I'm not as sure of, right? So there can be an amount of uncertainty or fear associated with it. Um, so that's that's kind of what I would say. Um, where does that lead me? Well, I mean, I'm trying to think. I, I have certainly self-harmed since I first learned this skill when I was 19. Like, it didn't stop it entirely. But I then, and still do, appreciate, you know, I know I've said this, well, we've, between the two of us, said it like five times already in this episode, but the ability to really acknowledge why I was engaging in this unhealthy behavior, like what it did for me, right? So... So many people shy away from, especially with the, you know, uh, self-harm or drug use and addiction or other, you know, really uh, taboo behaviors. No one ever wants to talk about why you're fucking doing it in the first place. Yep. <laughs> no one wants to acknowledge that. Um, and I appreciated deeply that DBT acknowledged that. It gave me a space to say this is why I do it. And this is the shitty part of not doing it, right? Like being able to have those boxes, I found very helpful and is definitely still something that I use when those urges come up because they do still for me, right? It's been something that happened for so long in my life that if I'm in severe emotional distress for whatever reason, that stuff still comes up for me. So um, yeah, ideally you decide not to self-harm and also please, whoever you are listening to this that needs to hear this, uh, no, uh, no shame on you. If, if you do yep. give into the urge, because there are reasons, there are reasons you're doing it. Yep. Right. So this is not about shaming you. This is not about, yeah. Saying, see, don't you see how there's so many more or better reasons not to do it? Um, because you know, there might be, I don't know, 25 things in one column, but one really big thing in another <laughs> like, sheer number doesn't necessarily equate to what choice to make. So, um, yeah, that's a really long-winded way of saying that 
if I were in a, you know, normal mental state, then obviously that example leads me to, all right, obviously, don't cut. Cool. And if I'm in a severe enough distress, it may become less obvious, you know, over time. So be nice to yourself. Use this as a say use this as a crutch that has such negative connotations well i don't know why crutches are good and necessary and important and like there's so many anyway i'm sorry weird rant um it does bother me that that's oh you're just using that as a crutch well and um i don't know (laughs) it's just a weird thing uh but yeah use this i think the skill can be really useful um especially by the way if you do write this out when you're not in that moment of severe distress i could not have written this out (laughs) if I were dealing with that urge in that moment. So if there are behaviors that you know you struggle with when you're in those more heightened emotional states, take some time to write out your pros and cons when you're at an even keel Um, and then put it somewhere you can access it easily so that you can see it when you are in that more heightened state and remind yourself of what your wise mind knows, right? When you can't necessarily access it in the moment. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said, because thinking back to the skill we talked about last week of effective rethinking impaired relaxation, we really emphasized mm-hmm. how that was a skill that you practice. <laughs> you yep. have to practice that skill beforehand. Pros and cons is the same way, because even though DBT, as we've talked about already, has some skills like tip or stop or self-soothing or some skills that are that more bottom up, you use your body more. Pros and cons is purely a head skill. <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's a thinking skill. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, like Kate was just talking about really nicely, when you are in that moment facing that choice, that is not the time to do <laughs> your pros and cons list. No. You want to already have that list ready in a place where you can easily access it, like as a picture on your phone or whatever that may look like for you, where you can easily recall to mind what the things are that you've already thought through for the pros and cons of doing and not doing the thing you're considering doing. Um, And I also thought about it too, when you were talking, Kate, about how, um, like you said, people don't talk about the reasons for why we do these things. Um, or what you get out of it. And this is always how we teach the skill, and this is how you and I did it for ourselves today. I don't think DBT actually talks about, like, which of the four boxes you need to start with. I think you could do it in any order. But we always (laughs) start with the pros of doing the thing. We always do. It's the top left box. So, like, when we're reading, it just seems to make the most sense. But I actually, I would encourage you to do that. First and foremost, think about, like, why do I want to do this thing? What do I get out of it? And Give yourself that space, right? Yeah, and really let yourself be unfiltered. And then if you keep working through it in the same order that we did today, which was, like, the pros of doing it, and then you move on to the cons of doing it and the pros of not doing it, you end with this note of what are the cons of not doing it. And I think that's also really important, too, because it gives you, like, this final stop of like, so if I don't do the thing, then what? <laughs> to kind of yeah, you prepare yourself. Yeah, you know what you're going to have to cope with. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I'd never really thought about that too much until today. But I, I think that order can be helpful of like, give yourself space to really think about the good things that you get from doing the thing. And then ending on that note of preparation of like, all right, so if I don't do it, then what am I going to have to do? Because I think a lot of people don't think about that aspect either. I think a lot of mm-hmm. people don't think about like, okay, like if we go back to my example, right, we intellectually know that um, some foods are quote unquote good for us and some foods are quote unquote bad for us. We, we have this awareness um, and yet like, okay, so if you're not going to eat the things that let's say you normally eat, then what's your plan? Like, then what are you going to eat Instead, or like, how is that going to feel (laughs) when you take this thing off the table that you're used to having there? Then what is going to happen? (laughs) And what could come of that? It's important to think about the tough things you could be facing, not just the positives, right? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Be really, really honest with yourself and allow yourself to prepare. And yeah. 
if it's a thing, I don't know, it might be, but you might be able to even set up like ways to cope, mm -hmm. right? Like, if you know, there are certain consequences, you can be like, you could even put a note to yourself in like, so go put on this movie that you know, always distracts you. Mm -hmm. Right? Or something, right? Like, put something in as a like action item for what to do to help yourself cope. Mm -hmm. You know, with not not falling through on your urge. Yep. I hadn't thought about that either until just now, but it seems like a nice idea. Yeah, no, I think that is a really good idea because, like, you wrote down for you, Kate, like, a con of not cutting, right, is yeah. that you're going to have to endure your current emotional state. What yep. is that going to look like? <laughs> you know? How are you going to do that? If you uh, haven't thought way, this in case through, anyone out there needs to hear this, the first few times that I really focused on doing that, what it involved was sobbing so hard I vomited. So if yeah. you ever want to know, it can look ugly and it's okay and you'll get through it. Just to normalize for anybody out there going through similar struggles. It doesn't necessarily mean it's pretty, but you will live through it. Your emotion will not kill you. I promise. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, overall, like with this skill, it's like, yeah, there is no right or wrong outcome here. It's all just about being intentional, thinking through things and creating, you know, a plan for yourself, probably either way, whether you do the thing, then what? If you don't do the thing, then what? Then what? <laughs> um, and taking some time to really be with thinking through these things for yourself. Um so with that, leading into homework, we are going to be posting what this grid actually looks like. So <laughs> if you were trying to follow along today and visualize it, and if you were struggling a little bit, I mean, we were struggling and we teach this skill. And it's a hard thing to visualize when you don't have it right in front of you. Right in front of you. Um, so we're going to post that. So you can look at the grid um, and again, not always do we recommend do the worksheet or write it down or anything like that, but this is doing the skill, <laughs> is writing it yeah. down. <laughs> um, so print out the grid or replicate it yourself on paper separately and fill in those boxes, write them down. Um, I would also say it's important for you to think about one specific thing for yourself. Um, there may be many urges that come up in your life that you're wanting to change or shift. Pick one as a starting point and really make sure <laughs> that you're able to use this skill with one thing, which may take a lot of time <laughs> and be a mm -hmm. continual work in progress before trying to do it for another part of your life. When we try to make too many changes at once, we're more likely to not make any changes at all. So really be specific about the thing that you want to work on for you um, and fill out the sheet and then and then look back on it. You know, I mean, I would say if this is something especially that comes up for you, you know, it may be something I don't know, Kate, I don't want to speak too much to your experience, but I mean, maybe there mm -hmm. were times in your life where you went weeks or months in between having an urge to cut like maybe it would just come yeah. up periodically maybe if it's something like i think about with my example maybe that urge to eat unhealthy foods come up comes up every day so it's kind of like depending on your frequency with whatever urge you're picking you may want to read and look back at this list every day or <laughs> you know in the morning when you wake up look at it or you know, once a week, look at it or just make sure that you're keeping it fresh in your mind, what your reasons are. And especially if you do decide to, you know, put this in your phone or someplace else, you can even write this out as a note to yourself. You know, you can add and change your reasons around and edit it as things arise for you because different pros and cons for doing and not doing may come up but that's what we really recommend as homework this week is to fill out this grid for yourself with an urge that you are struggling with and you know I'm pretty confident that all of us struggle with at least one unhealthy <laughs> urge from time to time minimum one if not six or seven um, and so yeah take some time to do this for yourself and then read it back over and before we get to closing moment, um, shameless self-promotion time. Here it comes. 
Um, okay. Um, <laughs> consider donating to our Patreon, patreon.com slash DBT and me. Check out our Etsy shop by going to etsy.com and search for DBT and me, all one word. Um, and give us a rating or write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And email us. Oh, yeah. And that too. I know. I'm so caught up in all these other things i'm i know the, the, the basics right <laughs> dbt and me podcast at gmail.com we want to hear from you guys because we want to be recording another q a episode soon hopefully we can only do that if you guys send stuff into us yep yeah we need the q in order to give the a so uh email us any questions or things that you may be struggling with dbt and me podcast at gmail.com and now kate has dissolved into a fit of laughter <laughs> Sorry, I have a dirty mind. I'm sorry. We're all, it's all fine. Okay. All fine. Cool. If I'm the only one who thought of it, awesome. A standing for ass? <laughs> yep. Okay, there we go. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm following. <laughs> okay. So we can give you the A. <laughs> Not that kind of A, listeners. Not that I kind am of still 13 years old. Um. Okay. <laughs> All right, Whew, I have to calm down so I can. I know we need a closing moment, <laughs> Ooh, which hopefully y'all can hear, as I've heard. Haha, that that's been an issue with the previous setup. So, fingers crossed, you can hear me. Um, all right, <clears throat> I can do this. I can be serious. <sighs> I really can be. I promise. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths before I start. So just if I there's a moment with of silence, you. this is just me. <sighs> Let's all yeah, breathe with Kate so for a moment. Stop. I know, so I can stop giggling. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, as per usual, we're going to start by just getting in a comfy position. If you feel safe and comfortable doing so, you can go ahead and close your eyes. We're going to begin by just coming into our breath. You don't have to breathe any more slowly or any more deeply than you do naturally. It's just about noticing. Just about following your breath down into your body. And allowing your breath to welcome you into the present moment and into your body. So today we're really going to try and be in tune with our body and with the sensations that arise when we think about a couple of different scenarios. So first off, I want you to bring to mind a decision you regretted, a time that maybe you acted on an urge or followed through with an idea. and either immediately or soon thereafter, knew it wasn't right, knew it was the wrong decision, knew it wasn't good for you or good for the situation, and that you had regret. I want you to bring that moment to mind and feel it in your body. What do you notice in your body when you sit with that sense of regret? You get sensations maybe in your abdomen, in your chest, in your throat. Is there a sense of nausea or muscle tension or fatigue? There's no right or wrong answers here. We're all going to embody this differently. It's just about taking a moment to notice how it shows up for you. So take that time and just really pay attention. And this can be useful moving down the line because maybe you might start to feel some of these things when you're considering making the decision rather than afterwards. Maybe not, but it might be a way to help indicate and guide you towards a better decision. And also, even if you go ahead and do the thing or you didn't feel it beforehand, at least this tells you what you need to soothe. This tells you where it shows up in your body so you can help take care of yourself 
if you've made a mistake or if you've done something you regret. Now I'd like you to take a couple of deep, long breaths and let that situation clear out of your mind, out of your memory, out of your body. Just a couple of deep cleansing breaths to let that one go. And we're gonna replace it with remembering a time that you made a decision that you just knew was right. Maybe it was easy, maybe it was one of the hardest decisions you've ever made. It doesn't matter. It's just about that sense of correctness, that sense of certainty, that sense that you have acted with authenticity in alignment with yourself and with your values, that you've done the right thing. And just like we did with that moment of regret, I want you to feel in your body. Where do you notice that sense of certainty, that sense of correctness, of rightness, of goodness? How does that show up for you physically? Where do you notice the sensations that are associated with this? Again, no right or wrong answers here. Some people are going to notice big, loud, showy sensations, and for others, it might be much more subtle. The parts of the body or the ways it shows up are going to be unique to each of us. But just take the time to pay attention. Let your mind inhabit your body and notice what comes up while you hold on to this memory and re-embody what it felt like to be in that moment. As with the sensations of regret, it's possible that you may notice these same sensations as you're considering a decision in the future. And that could be a guide for you to lean in towards making that decision. They also may not, but it's good to be familiar with how this shows up in your body and in either case. Now, just as we did with the last one, I invite you to take two or three deep cleansing breaths as you let go of that memory and let go of the sensations associated with it. I'm gonna let your body bring you back into your current moment, back into the room you're in. Let your breath welcome you back into the present moment again. You might also use this time to roll your neck or your shoulders or your wrists. Whatever you usually do to help yourself come back after a closing moment is done. And whenever you feel ready, you can go ahead and open your eyes. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks, everyone. To learn more about us and the DBT skills we're teaching each week, join our Facebook group. Simply log in to your Facebook profile and search for DBT and Me Podcast.